Hunting the Hunter, Chapter 15. How can I help Aiden if you won't tell me where he is? Agent Harris was nearly purple in the face. The interrogation of Margaret Falconer had been going on all morning and into the afternoon. And like all his dealings with the two young fugitives, it was fruitless and frustrating to the point of pain. She reclined on a swivel chair in his tiny office, her arms folded resolutely in front of her. You expect me to rat on my own brother? Yes, he exploded. Because of the close quarters, he was interviewing her from the hallway, halfway out into the hall. You're here, aren't you? You gave yourself up to protect him, but I can't keep him safe if I can't get to him. She stuck out her jaw. The minute I tell you where he is, you'll arrest him. That's what protect means, the agent insisted. We have to bring him in so your hairless friend can't get at him. Listen, Margaret, it's Meg. All right, Meg. Aiden's in more danger than you know. The bald assassin who's after you. I have reason to believe that he's the man that you call Frank Lindenauer. Duh, she taunted. We figured that out already. Now tell me something I don't know. She looked around scornfully. Nice office, by the way. The size of a closet. Oh, excuse me. It is a closet. Harris regarded her warily. It was obvious Meg's arrogant toughness was an act. Under her bravado, was she was terrified. And why not? After all she'd been through, by the game... But the game had clearly changed. These past weeks, the Falconer kids had moved from mountains to avoid capture in an unlikely mix of desperation and daring brilliance. For this girl to turn herself in now meant that something big must have happened. What that might be? Agent Harris could only guess. But his instincts told him that it had something to do with the reason Meg suddenly believed her brother needed protection. The agent took a deep breath. All right, you don't have to tell me where he is. Give me a hint. Is he lost? Hurt? Sick? Yeah, Meg snorted. Sick in the head would be more like it. Harris pounced on the clue. He's going to try something crazy and you can't stop him on your own. He couldn't actually see the girl turning, tuning him out, her eyes glazing over as she retreated inside herself. She had come here ready to cooperate in order to save her brother. Harris was certain of that, but in the presence of the agent who had upended her world, she had shut down. Harris also almost understood. He was the one who had sent John and Louise Falconer to prison for life. Of course, she blamed him for everything that happened to her family. The truth was, Harris blamed himself. Every day, he was becoming more convinced that John and Louise Falconer really had been framed and that Frank Lindenauer was trying to murder Aiden and Meg to keep it a secret. It wasn't too late to put a stop to his madness before the ultimate tragedy, the death of 15-year-old Aiden Falconer. But first, Harris had to get through to the scared and bitter girl who had every reason to hate him. Margaret, uh, Meg, I mean. I believe you. That's the truth. We found a fingerprint proving that Frank Lindenauer is an alias for a man named Terrence McKenzie. He's an ex-CIA operative with terrorist ties and a big beef against the government. I think he might have misled your parents into working for Horace. Don't you see? Things are finally starting to work out for your family. But none of that's going to matter if Aiden gets killed. You have to trust me. I'll trust you when mom and dad go free, she said stubbornly. The system doesn't work that way, he pleaded. I can't prove anything yet, but once you and your brother are safe, I'm sure. She swiveled away from him, staring stonily into the mountains of the old court documents that had once sealed her parents' fate. Harris wanted to howl his vexation through the halls of the FBI Denver. He she would never trust him. He had caused her family too much suffering. He had to find another way to get her to give up her brother's location. But how?
Finding the Hunter, Chapter 16. There are no new messages in your inbox. Aiden stared at the sentence as if he believed he would change it through his force of his brainwaves. No new messages, no word from Franklin an hour. It didn't make any sense. This was the man who had pursued them relentlessly across thousands of miles, a man determined to see them dead. Why would he stop now? How many hours had Aiden tossed and turned, sleepless, praying for the terrifying bald assassin to leave them alone? Well, now it was happening. Just when I need him to come after me. Aiden's stomach churned, raw and painful. He was afraid of hairless Frank, but he was even more afraid that the man had disappeared again, the way he had during Mom and Dad's trial. He was the only person on earth who could prove their innocence. It would be the end of all hope for John and Louise Falconer. Glad to see one of us has some earthly purpose for that idiot box. At the sound of the farmer's voice, Aiden hurriedly excited, exited the email program. Turnbull thumped up behind him on the crutches. That's all there is to it, fiddling with that little arrow thingamajig? Aiden tried to size up his employer. Had the man seen too much? There was no suspicion in the farmer's eyes, only the usual scorn he reserved for all things newfangled. It's really easy, Mr. Turnbull. You just double-click on your browser, you select the Internet Explorer icon, and choose where you'd like to go. You want to check the weather? If I need to know the weather, I can stick my head out the window, the farmer raked him with gray, piercing eyes. Is there something you want to tell me, Gary? Aiden stared back, trying to appear innocent, waiting for the axe to fall. I looked in the milk canister. Cows on strike or something? Aiden flushed deep red. With Meg gone... He was the milker again. I guess I have my good days and my bad days, he offered lamely. Make sure tomorrow's a good day, the farmer said pointedly. It's not healthy for the cows to be left like that. I'll do my best, Aiden promised, reflecting that if a message came in from Hairless Frank to meet him somewhere, the cows might have to milk themselves in the morning. He stepped out onto the porch, nearly tripping over Turnbull's nail gun for the umpteenth time. He hugged himself against the chill. The nights had been growing colder, but this was just plain cold. And were those snow flurries? Winter's coming. It was a lame observation for most people, but for a fugitive, winter made survival impossibly more complicated. Shelter and warmth would no longer be for comfort. They would become absolute necessities. Coats, boots, hats, and gloves had to be considered. Walking, running, driving, everything would be harder on snow and ice. There's no way Meg and I could have made it this far in January. Meg, her absence was a gaping hole in his heart. It seemed to Aiden that everything was falling apart. Their growing notoriety, Meg's betrayal, Hairless Frank's disappearance, the worsening weather. Mom, Dad, what more can I do? The hoofbeats were familiar now, a swelling drum roll coming from the direction of the pigsty. This would be the cherry on the bitter ice cream sundae to be trampled by a prehistoric swine. No, Bernard, he hissed. It's just me. Gary, stop. Into the cocoon of light surrounding the house exploded 300 pounds of charging pig. Aiden held up his arms in a feeble attempt to fend off the attack, but this time Bernard didn't run into him. Instead, he sped around Aiden in tight circles, grunting and breathing hard. Even Aiden, who was clueless about animals, could tell that the monster was jittery about something. What's the matter, Bernard? What's got you all spooked? And then he saw it. Across the compound in the farmhand's apartment, a beam of light suddenly swept across the darkened window. A flashlight. Somebody was in there.